Iowa everywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere for the fans. What is going on? Happy Thursday, October the 6th. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel, the pride of Birmingham, Alabama, UAB, Mississippi nope. Central nope. Nope. Southern. Um, you, you, you've got the directional right. It's it's Middle Tennessee. Middle though. Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Mm. Yes. This is this is the second of five Birmingham trips that I have this season. I kind of like Birmingham to cover in this game. I was looking at it last night. Thought about it locking seven? it up. Where you got it at seven? I saw it at nine on Circa. Nine now. Yeah. Man, I don't know. These teams are so wonky. UAB is a team that should be undefeated if they yeah. screw themselves over. They they fumbled they they fumbled four times against Liberty, lost by seven. They committed like 150 penalty yards last week and lost by four to Rice. But yeah, we'll see. So you got a 2:30 kick, ESPN Plus, right? Is that what I saw? Me? No, yeah. no, 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 dog, no. Nah. It said ESPN Plus on where I was looking. It's wrong. Like, that's stadium. what it. And stadium. I thought it was really weird that you were on yeah. ESPN that's Plus. Just, I was like, how did wrong. that work I've, out? I've never done a game on ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. Well, that's wherever I was looking. That's what it said, and I thought that was odd. So, oh, that stadium. was your printer going off. I was wondering what yeah. the hell that, that noise was. was. It took like six minutes to print one page. I'm printing it, printing the rundown. Awfully late. This is my life on a Thursday morning. I, I was telling uh, for the audience. I was telling Hassel earlier. I want him to come and just live my life for one day on these days that my wife works. Just with the do- with the daughters. It's just no chance. Uh, it's just survival mode, really. I mean, you're literally looking to survive to the next hour. But I'm here. Let's get after it, baby. That's all that matters at this point, right? You know what my daughters, they salivate over some good fairway meat. Oh. They just start salivating. My three-year-old, Daddy, I need some more fairway meat. I want ribs. <laughs> like they, uh, they love it. Was that, was that you doing your, your Brent Bloom impression? <laughs> yeah, Bloom cooked up some fairway oh, meat man. last he, night. He got a lot of like, traction on social media with that last night. Yeah, some nice-looking uh, nice steak there. My guess is that Bloom's wife probably made it. That's the... Oh, does the Bloom not cook? Money line minus six hundred that mm. Crystal made that 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 it wasn't print, but uh, nonetheless it looked delicious. It's it's funny. I was at work yesterday, and Amanda Guerra, my co, she's like, "All you guys do is you you talk about Iowa football and meat. That's all you talk about. It's yeah. fairway and meat." Well, yeah. <laughs> what, what what else do you want us to it's talk? It's Iowa about? everywhere. Yeah, you know, football and meat. That's what we do here. That's what we do. Uh, let's get after it today. 
Hey, before we get into anything, it's it's funny because you put on. So the audience has a little clue on how two guys named Chris comes to be. Like Chris Hassel sends out like some stuff he wants to cover, and then I compare it to what I have to cover, and then I put together a final rundown. And we both had like an identical note written down. Yeah. That we both agree that we have absolutely no clue what's going to happen this weekend with Iowa and Iowa State. This is a perplexing weekend to me. I have zero confidence in anything I'm about to say. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to give a pick. I, I don't even know if I will because I have no clue. I feel like I'm done picking Iowa State. I said they were going to go win 10 games this year, and what do they do? They they lose at home to Baylor, <laughs> and then they go them. blow it at, at Kansas. And I, I guess I've been right with Iowa. I had Iowa... Losing to Michigan, I had Iowa losing to Iowa State, but I I have this no week is tough, man. It's really the, tough. The both these games are perplexing when you. I mean, this the lines would lead you to believe that as well. That Vegas doesn't have a clear favorite in either of these games. Let's start with. I'll start with Iowa today. Can I just give you a little bit of a monologue here on like how I think that this could go? Me being more the outsider, right? I'm not as emotionally attached into this one. I thought you I, said you had no idea how it was going to go. Now no, you're I, tell I have, us exactly how it's going to go. So I have two different things here. This is an either or analysis on this. Okay, game, okay. Right? Because I actually, if you remember on our first podcast, I liked Illinois. I had their win total did, over. Yeah. I've thought that they were a pretty good team. They they were a team when you look at what they did last year. They had a lot of close losses just right there. Um, went and watched their game against Wisconsin to get ready for this one. They they remind me a lot of Iowa. Um, just the way that they're playing. They're really good on defense. I'll play this out for you. Um, they're good on the ground. 195 rushing yards per game. Quarterback completing 70% of his passes. But they're not exactly... Uh, electric on offense, right? They don't they don't go downfield a lot. Not great receivers, but they are. They lead the Big Ten in rush defense at this point in the season, which isn't that doesn't mean a ton when you factor in non conference and whatnot. But it's still they're about like a play or two away from being undefeated heading into this game. Yeah, I, I don't know how they lost to Indiana. Did you watch that game? It was on a Friday night. It was open yeah, week. Bits they and shouldn't have lost that game. They, they lost twenty three twenty. They they really yeah, you're right. They should be undefeated right now, five and zero overall, two and zero in the Big Ten. But they're, they've responded they're, nicely off that. The defense is what what's done it for them. They've got one of the top defenses in the country to this point. Well, they're the good news is they're not Michigan, right? They're not going to be able to spread you guys out and do to Iowa's defense what Michigan did. But they're certainly not Rutgers either, right? They're somewhere they're somewhere in the middle here. And I just think it's a really fascinating matchup when you look at it from an Iowa perspective because you can take a playbook out of that Rutgers game and be like, hey, we could do that here. But the problem is I don't think, you know, veteran quarterback um, transfer from Syracuse is the kid that Illinois is running out there. Bielema knows Ference. Like, I just don't know if you're going to be able to bait these guys into a couple of defensive touchdowns like you were able to with Rutgers because I think that Bielema will be completely comfortable just keeping this on the ground and 
grinding them out and saying like that, hey, listen, our offense isn't great, but we're better than you guys, right? When you have two mm-hmm. good defenses. I don't, this game is perplexing to me. Um, what do you think after what I just laid out? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm no closer to being able to say what's going to happen. I, now, I would say if you're giving me three and a half points – with these two offenses and these two defenses and Iowa's propensity, I guess, historically to play really tight games, maybe not the last year or so, but I, I would I would take those three and a half points. I think I would too. With Iowa. I think the the hook is what is what gets me. If it's two and a half, I don't know. Um but I, going back to last season's matchup, I, I know Iowa won the game, but I remember that being a pretty feisty performance from Illinois. They came in, they were four and six, and they jumped off right off the bat to a ten nothing lead. And Iowa had to had to climb back into that game in the second quarter and get some things going. And then, oh, wait, by the way, they did get a pick six in that game. Jack Campbell had a late pick six to to seal the deal. Um, but Bielema, I, I I think you're right. I mean, he had. Tons of success against Iowa when he was at Wisconsin. He knows Iowa better than anybody. He's got a Hawkeye tattoo. He's got a Tiger Hawk tattoo that I, I don't I still don't think he's gotten rid of on his leg. And I, I think it's advantage. If you're talking coaching coaches right now, it's advantage Bielema. Because he knows he's had the better interference the majority of times. He knows what Iowa has and what they don't have. He knows exactly what Ference is going to do. It's kind of like the Pat Fitzgerald thing. And this season, their team might be just as good as Iowa's. And this is a and it's the same for Iowa State. This is this is it right here. I mean, you lose you lose this week. If you're Iowa State, you drop to 0 and 3 in conference. If you're Iowa, you drop your third game overall. And in the Big Ten West, you're one and two. And you have Ohio State next week. Oh, it's it's going to get bad. These are huge games, not for you know winning a conference championship, but huge games to keep hope alive for this season. Because you lose this week, and hope is pretty much gone. Um, it, in a stark contrast compared to where we were a year ago this week with Iowa, where that was the hmm. Penn State game that put I- Iowa a year ago was the number two ranked team in the country after that hit- memorable win against Penn State. I mean, yeah. what, what a great day that was in for all the folks who were there in Kinnick Stadium, but Boy, it's really gone downhill since, if you look at what has happened. It's striking what's happened since then. And Van Winkle put together the the results since that Penn State win. And Iowa State, or Iowa, you're 7-6 and six overall since that Penn State win. Since you rose to number two in the country. 7-6 and six overall. Look at, the, look at the amount of games where Iowa has scored seven points overall. Or fewer against Purdue, seven points against Wisconsin, seven points against Michigan, three points against South Dakota State, seven points against Iowa State, seven points. And last week, really, quite honestly, 
that should have been seven as well. I mean, it was a garbage touchdown in the final minutes of the game that makes that score against Michigan the second time around look a little bit a little bit better. But it's alarming what's happened in the last calendar year to this program. Because the one thing that I would always say about Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa program is they're going to be in every game. They're going to have a chance to win every game. They're not going to lose by more than a score. And look at how many times that's happened because of the anemic offense. Against Purdue last season, against Wisconsin last season, against Michigan last season, and now against Michigan last week. I mean, that's several games where you're really not even in that game because of your offense. Can I let me be your little ray of sunshine? Yes. Now, this would be the one thing I would point out that would give me a little bit of optimism if I'm an Iowa fan going into Saturday. If you look at the wins and losses, okay, forget about the points scored, all that. If you look at the wins and losses since that Penn State game, for the most part, Iowa holds its own when it has equal to more talent than another team. And they that did would, last they did last season against the Northwesterns and the Minnesotas and the, and the Nebraskas. And I, I think this year they're probably pretty even with Iowa State. It's a rivalry game, right? Like, it, whatever on that one. But like. That's the thing about Illinois compared to what happened last week against Michigan. Illinois is not going to out-talent you across the field like Michigan did and like Ohio State's going to do next week. That's what gives me a pretty good layer of intrigue going into this game. You have more talent than Rutgers. You beat Rutgers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, albeit your offense was one for nine on third down. We had a lot of stuff to pick apart, but you still took care of the football game. Will that case be the case again against Illinois where I don't know talent-wise, 1 through 85, where you guys stack up against them, but I know it's a hell of a lot closer for you than Michigan. Now, the the one thing I would point out, too, in going back, it took some – do you remember the Illinois game? It was Charlie Jones actually had some heroics on special teams. He had a huge game for Iowa in that Illinois game to kind of push them back. So Don't, don't bring him up. I, I, I'm trying to be a jerk, but I'm pointing out um, that – that that's what it took really to kind of push Iowa over the Illini last year. Iowa's in a bad spot too where this is the second Big Ten road game in a row for them where the opposition has sucked for a really long time and they're sensing some momentum. So mm-hmm. Illinois is like giving free student tickets away. They're trying to sell the place out. You know, they're try- It's a night game. They don't get many opportunities like this. Bielema versus Iowa. They're really building this up. So, believe it or not, it's probably going to be a pretty good atmosphere, I think, on Saturday night in Champaign. Yeah, I think so, too, because when's the last time Illinois has been in this position where you're on, you're on the edge of the top 25, some people are talking about you, and, and it's there for the taking. This division is so bad, anybody could win it, whether it's Illinois Nebraska, Purdue could come back and win this division after a slow start. It's as an Iowa fan, I'm not even thinking about that though. Like I'm not even entertaining the possibility of winning this division because I have not seen anything yet this season that shows me that they have an offense that's going to be able to win enough games to outscore teams enough to win enough games. When you look at some of the other teams in the division, like Purdue, Purdue will score on you. I, I, I don't see any. I don't know how Iowa beats Purdue this year. I, I really don't. I, I, 
Nebraska can put up points. Um, but Nebraska is a little bit sneaky right now. Yeah, you just don't it. know. I With mean, the they, new, coach, new coach and I keep an eye on Wisconsin. This I almost put Wisconsin mm-hmm. Northwestern on my three games to watch just because the intrigue with the new coach. Right. Um, the Minnesota. What do you you know? What are you going to get from them? But they're clearly not terrible, right? Like they they're they're going to be but a tough out of all the teams in that division. Everybody's one and one except Wisconsin. They're zero and two. Where would you put Iowa right now? Above Northwestern. Is that it? And above Nebraska. So you, you'd still have Iowa like way down fifth or sixth spot right now? I Honestly, I think I might put Illinois one. I, I've, just, I've liked them all offseason, right? Like this mm-hmm. is, I'm not Illinois, Purdue right there. Uh, Minnesota above Iowa. I would definitely, I don't know about Wisconsin. I would put Iowa probably above Wisconsin right now just because I, I don't think mm-hmm. they're very good. So, yeah, I would have Iowa right there behind Minnesota in four, but it's a little bit like the Big 12 trying to handicap the Big 12 at this point. I don't know. I would yeah. put Oklahoma State one, but I, I don't know the order, right? Like, What about mm-hmm. you? Am I off? Do you, where would you put No, I, I just I, I have no faith in saying like Iowa right now has a chance to win this division. Even though it's so muddled up and the division is so bad, I, I, I can't say Iowa has a chance to win it. I'm honestly more looking for Iowa. Like, well, like, can they get to six and beyond? That's my I know. I at this point with them. Now their offense did sputter a little bit at the end of last week, so that was encouraging. What it you, you, had you said a, sputter is sputter like a good thing for the Iowa like offense? Usually flutter, sputtering yeah, is flutter. I mean, is bad. Flutter, flutter is the I mixed up my words. So they Sorry. they fluttered yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not buying that. A little bit, just the, a little the bit. Touchdowns that they scored in that game, Chris. Michigan was up by 20 points when they allowed both those touchdowns. Fair. So I, I'm not buying well, I don't into know. that was, at all. I was reading all the quotes from Iowa City this week. Well, I know. Yeah, where they Petrus think that has been on fire in practice this week. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> hey, if I have to read another thing or hear another Joe announcer Montana talk about how there. great he was in practice. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that this Iowa defense isn't as good as, as we thought. Now, now, they're still good, but they're not... I don't think, from what I've been hearing, and I talked with Brady Quinn, who was there with the Big Noon kickoff crew, and he said, quite frankly, that they knew going into that game, Iowa was in big trouble defensively because they just didn't have the talent to stack up against that Michigan offense and the Michigan skill players. And we saw it. I mean, Michigan made Iowa look like a mediocre at best defense now i don't think illinois is going to make iowa's defense look pedestrian but and that's my point on the talent level iowa when they're equal to or a little bit more than they can really mm -hmm. you know throw that anaconda grip on you and do what they do defensively we thought this could could be the best defense in the country definitely top five in the country i think I don't know. Is it going to be is is this defense really a top 10, top 15, top 20 defense in the country? Cuz if it, they're not, they're in big trouble. It's hard to judge too cuz they're playing in the Big 10 West. And I'm not yes. trying to be a jerk, yes. but like, well, let's see how they do next week against Ohio State. We saw how they did against Michigan. Well, right? that's like, going to be a bloodbath, Chris. No, right. I know. It's an extreme, State but is like going to just But you see my point though when them. when you 
when your stats are gaudy, like Iowa's defensive stats generally are, but you're playing in a Big Ten West, you know, you got to you got to weigh it. like this Illinois offense is not going to try and push it. So of course, like you're going to have you know inflated stats. It's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now Iowa, I think, has proven time after time that they are elite when it comes to taking the football away. And you mm-hmm. can't take that away from them. But like to say they're a top five defense, they, well, I mean they don't play very good offenses, so it's really hard for me to say that they didn't take it away last week. They didn't it's take true. it away from Michigan. So let, let's see. I, I think it's a fascinating matchup that Iowa defense has with with Illinois, and I I just think that I've already played the under in this game. I what's I think, the total at right now? I got it at thirty seven and a half. I'm kind of surprised it's that high. Illinois' defense on paper, statistically, is is better than Iowa's. Yeah. No, you're right. And Iowa, and I don't know. I think that Bielema has got this, they got this running back, and I think he's going to be very content to punt the football. Because I think that Bielema, in his mind, thinks that they're better offensively than Iowa is, and he'll turn it into a dirty defensive struggle and be fine with that this isn't a stubborn coach that like well you know we were joking you could see shiano being like god damn it what are you turning the ball over for right during that game bielema's not gonna let his quarterback do that Mm -hmm. the way that shiano did when they when rutgers got impatient and started pushing the football down the field then cooper DeGene eats your lunch i just i don't think bielema's gonna put his guy in that situation we'll see no, I don't think so either, because you, you saw the recipe last week. You don't turn the ball over, Iowa's got no chance. Uh, we'll get to picks here. Let's do Iowa State. We are going to pick? Well, I mean, we. I, I, I'd Jeez. like to. I think that that makes it a little more fun. Go on the record. <laughs> no, no, Six I, to I, three. I'll pick. I just, man. <laughs> uh, Iowa State is just as perplexing to me heading into this week. The my gut tells me with this Big Twelve is to not overreact from week to week. Like these, I think that there's going to be a lot of upsets in this league. Like I see a bunch of seven to ten point spreads, and it's just like, man, I'd almost just blindly take the points on a week to week basis when it comes to that with the Big Twelve. Uh, Kansas State comes to town, equally fascinating uh, team that I was high on in the off season. I'm playing their win total on the over as well. They lose to Tulane three weeks ago, go on the road, win in Norman. And then last week they had a very workmanlike win at home against Texas Tech. But a familiar face to Hawkeye fans and the Big Ten, Adrian Martinez leading the way, where I've been very impressed with how Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman have used him this year. It really shows you how poor of a coach Scott Frost was in Nebraska (laughs) when you look at how these guys are using Martinez compared to what Scott Frost was trying to do. Uh, Primarily a a ground football team hassle, which gives me a little bit of hope for Iowa State with this defense. I like the one-dimensional aspect of Kansas State. Now, Iowa State still has to put the ball in the end zone, but I think Vegas is all over this. This game opened at a pick. I think this is a bit of a coin toss going into a night game in, in Jack Trice. And a game Iowa State just has to have. Mm-hmm. If you don't no get doubt. this game, you're staring at potentially a last-place finish with with as good as this conference is. 
top to bottom. I mean, what did Palm say yesterday on Iowa Everywhere that Iowa State might be favored in in one game? The he rest actually of the way, maybe. he said that about both of our teams, uh, which was fascinating. Yeah, Mike Palm. So he's the he's a professional handicapper. There's very few people in the world smarter in sports gambling than Mike Palm from Circa, and. He said right now the favorite is that Iowa and Iowa State would each only be favored in one game the rest of the year. Iowa against Northwestern, Iowa State against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Which was an eye-opening thing for me. And if you don't get this, not only are you sitting there 0-3 and really in an unfamiliar spot for Matt Campbell. I mean, throw out that first year. But since since the ascension... I don't think there would ever be a spot that would compare to this where you start 0-3 in conference play and then you're staring down the barrel of back-to-back games against Texas and Oklahoma. And say what you want about Oklahoma, it's still Oklahoma. They still have a lot more talent. Still have talent. Yeah. And I'm still not convinced that they're not a pretty good team. I'm not convinced that they don't do what they did a few years ago with Spencer Rattler and and roll off a bunch of wins here after a sluggish start. We'll see how they respond this week against Texas, a game nobody's talking about. How crazy is that? We're all focused uh, on Kansas and TCU. Yeah, it's amazing. But I, I'm done. I'm done picking Iowa State. I'm sorry. I, I, they made me look like a total asshat saying that they're going to win 10 games this year. They get off to a 3-0 and start, and I... I'm ready to I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to go. All right. This is this is it. This is the big magical season for Iowa State. We thought it was coming last year. It didn't happen. This year they've got a quarterback who can do a little bit more, but Deckers is turning the ball over. The special teams is a goddamn mess. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I don't have anything to add to that. Defensively? Yeah, I I guess that's good. We, we Adrian Martinez is the guy you got to stop. Put it on that defense. And if you can stop him, you've got a, a really good chance. And, and Tulane did that. Tulane's the only team that's been able to do that so far. Held them to 10 points. They've scored 30-plus against everybody else. But I'm not picking them. I'm staying the hell away from taking Iowa State after... They're making it, fun of me on Murph and Andy. Have you heard this this week? They're making fun of me. Murph is just like running me over with a bus why? every day. Why? He keeps bringing up that I picked Iowa State to win 10 games. Well. And so we, we bring the takes here on two guys named Chris. We don't we don't ride no fence. We bring the we bring the takes. Listen, well, here's what's perplexing about it. You, I mean, you said a position that they're not used to being in. Iowa State's much more used to being one and two or two and one coming out of the non-conference. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Brocktober hits, right? And then you win those games. And uh, this year it's total opposite. You go three and oh in the non-con, you get that win against Iowa, and then you have a couple of disappointing losses in the Big 12 to, to fire things up. So, I'll, I listen, I'm not – if I had to go 51-49, that's what I would. I'll, I'll pick Iowa State at home just because I think that Kansas State's a decent matchup at this point in time where you're not going to have to score a ton. But I'm I'm terrified about Deckers right now. 
Long term, I still think he's a really good quarterback. But I'm ter- I, it looks like everything's in his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if Jirel Brock is ready to play, I don't think he's going to be right. Like, I don't think he's 100% in any capacity. So you're going to get into this grinded-out football game with Kansas State where you have your third and fourth string running backs. What's Kansas off- State going to do? Are they just going to defensively, you think they're going to uh, do what Kansas did and just stop the run and force Deckers to, to pass? I think that that's what they'll try and do, yeah. They got to help the kid out. Uh, they got to help the kid out and be able to run the football. My that's God. where I'm scared with no – if Brock – I don't know. You know, Matt Campbell says day-to-day, so that there's a running joke with Iowa State fans. If Matt Campbell says day-to-day, there's a chance that you're dead. <laughs> Because he just lies about injuries all the time. I, I I think there's a chance that him and Cartivius Norton see the field, but I don't think that either one of them would be 100%. I just My whole deal with this one is I'll trust John Haycock against a highly one-dimensional defense. I think they can mimic what Tulane did. Now, will they be able to not screw it up on special teams? Jesus. You know I, what? I, I just talked myself I'm out so of it. I'm so frustrated by that. State. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk every week. It's winning in the margins. This winning in the margins. That and where are the margins? They're on special teams, and you have the worst special teams in the country year in and year out. And you got this analyst that you're paying seventeen thousand dollars to 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 try to run the special teams from his apartment. That guy was in the NFL last year. Okay. At least he's getting paid. Iowa's quarterback guy is a freaking volunteer. <laughs> Maybe you need more volunteer. I'll, I'll volunteer to help out the special teams at Iowa State. How about that? I've got a few extra extra days. <sighs> All right, let's move on to some others. Do you remember? It was just a few months ago when. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban were doing their little, uh, you know, pulling big, each other's hair. It's the biggest story of the offseason in college football. Oh, my football. God. Other than uh, UCLA and USC joining Matt, the Big Matt, see Ten. if you can pull up just a little bit of audio from Jimbo. He's Fisher. a narcissist. <laughs> He's got a God complex. Oh, yeah. It all started on a message board with sliced bread. Sliced bread. <laughs> oh, my God. Ross and I did like an entire week about sliced bread on the South Carolina message board. <laughs> Sliced bread, fan of the Cox, starting this whole thing. Um, honestly, I was I was looking for audio last night on this, and there's just so much of it, of these two grown men just tickling each other for all of us to see. Who would have thought at that time that A&M would be a 24-point underdog going into Tuscaloosa this weekend? And on top of it, um, it, it, this is a fascinating game in the sense that it's 24 points. We don't know about Bryce Young, but Saban like, is such a dick. You know he's going to try and run the score up on Jimbo. Mm-hmm. We get to watch to see if they shake hands and all that good stuff. I don't know. Like, I don't really care. Uh, it's a 24-point game, but I like the drama of this game. This will be fun, right? Yeah, sure. Especially if, if it ends up being 49 to nothing. And you see him shake hands after the game. I was, we were picking this game yesterday on CBS Sports HQ with some of our experts. I talked to Brad Nessler, who's calling the game. 
And uh, I asked him to give me a scenario in which Texas A&M is in this game in the fourth quarter. And he said, well, if Zach Calzada comes back and plays the way he did last year, and if basically he said if hell freezes over, then they've got a chance. <laughs> it's not looking good for Jimbo here. I mean, they're three and two. They've got no offense. Their quarterbacks are banged up too. So and Max Nick Johnson's Saban not playing. Nick, I, I'm not sure who's going to play at quarterback, but they've okay. got quarterback injury issues. They've got you know they they went into camp with three different guys competing for the job, but offensively they're they're just a total mess. They have been all season. And and Nick Saban's just on one this week. He is spicy. Well, he was pissed at the end of last week. Like he was right. mad that they. So wanted. he's pi- he's still pissed about that. He's still pissed that people are asking him questions about Bryce Young at his press conference on Monday. He was like, "What you think? You think? What, what, why don't I just call up Jimbo Fish? I'll call up Jimbo and I'll say, hey, this is what I'm going to do against you on Saturday.'" <laughs> he, he, so. He's not giving away what's what he's going to do at the quarterback position, but it's funny because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if what if it's a backup, which backup it is, if it's the Heisman Trophy winner, or if it's some guy that hasn't played in a game yet. Alabama's still going to win this game. Barrett Salee, who is uh, he's good college like football him. writer and he's good writer for us. He thinks that this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. He thinks it's going to be – he even – he brought up a game from like 2012 where A&M went in there and lost like 59 to nothing. He thinks it's going to be something like that. Well, if Saban can, I think he will, I, just to make a point. Matt's got a little bit of audio. It's just, let's just refresh our memories uh, on everything. Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. And more importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That they broke state laws. That they're, that they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those <laughs> things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Slice bread. <laughs> narcissist. He's a narcissist, God and damn it. It, and it. And then it, like, the part that never got played, because everybody always just played the opening statement for that, mm-hmm. once people started asking him questions, some guy asked, he's like, have you, has he tried calling you? He's like, oh, he tried calling me. I ain't answered it. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I ain't answering that. Probably but, wishing he wouldn't have made that so public. This, But then they claim that they made up and all that There's jazz. Liars. But It's yeah. that SEC, we're all in it together crap. At, at that time, though, A&M had just signed the top recruiting class of all time. And they were looked at as a top 10, maybe top 5 team. And they've just shit the bed this season. They look terrible. They They could be could be the worst team in that division. Hmm. I mean, you've got... Is it Auburn? It's, it's probably either A&M or Auburn at this point. I mean, Auburn's the next program to open up with a job, right? Yeah, I 
Harson. Most people thought that Harson would get fired after what happened last weekend when he blew a 17-point lead at home to LSU. But with the schedule that they have coming, I mean, they're 30-point underdogs. Auburn, 30-point underdogs against Georgia. So we got we got a doubleheader on CBS with the top two teams in the country. Georgia's a 30-point favorite at home against Auburn. Alabama's a 24-point favorite at home against A&M. SEC, baby. And then you got the Red River shootout between two unranked Big 12 foes. It's always a good game, though, isn't it? Remember yeah, we went into last season and... It's always great. Thinking that, boy, this game, this, the, this last game year was suck. crazy, and it that was the that was the wildest game they've played yet. Texas gets out in front, and then Spencer Rattler, the preseason Heisman Trophy favorite, gets benched for some guy <laughs> named Caleb Williams. Yeah, right. Like, how crazy is that to think of a year later how it all played out? Uh, some other notes I have. I'm actually these games on paper are horrible, but I'm somewhat interested in Nebraska at Rutgers Friday night and Wisconsin at Northwestern. Cause again, like you're looking at the West and it's so open that like, it's not insane that if Nebraska would win this one or that either one of these two teams could put themselves in contention with a interim head coach. I, I don't know. I, Nebraska Rutgers standalone on a Friday is interesting because we'll actually watch it. But what mm-hmm. do you think about Wisconsin North Northwestern showed a pulse last week against Penn State? It's I mean this is what Fitzgerald does. He shows up for the Big Ten West. They still got beat by multiple scores, didn't they? At Penn State, it's like fourteen, I think. But I mean, <laughs> they covered. I thought, actually, I think it was ten. If I off the top of my head, yeah, the line was twenty five or so. I t- I'm at the point where. I just don't. I, the Big Ten West race doesn't even intrigue me because it's just you're a sacrificial lamb going into the Big Ten championship game. I mean, kind of like That's Iowa true. was last season. You know, like Northwestern's been before, like Nebraska has been before. Go in there and you're going to lose by 60 to Ohio State. Are you looking forward to the Big Ten not having divisions? Yes, depending on how they do it. I just the, the damn thing is so big. What are you going to do? And and if you're at if you're going to add more teams, which I assume they're going to do, they're going to add more teams out west to to help out USC and UCLA with travel. I you put you put them in pods and then so you play your little pod every year and then a couple teams outside of that pod. It, it's the reason why I'm not really looking forward to it that much is because it means that it's getting even bigger and it means you're going to be playing the Ohio States, the Michigans, even less. The teams that growing up, those are the games you look forward to every year. Sure, you'd lose most of the time, but that's what you want. You, you want to play the big brands. They're, they are the Big Ten. And I was going to play Ohio State this month for... What, the second time in a decade, it's it's ridiculous. These games against Rutgers, these games against Maryland, and now bringing in UCLA and USC. I mean, it's just we're just getting so far from what college football was built on, and that's tradition. But to answer your question, yeah, it, it, they got to figure something out. 
But how do you put it together? If there's 20 teams in a conference, you can't. Are you all just going to be on one? You know, is it just going to be standings from the whole thing, and you're going to end up with? You could end up with five teams tied. It has to be a pod, I would think. But then, because you're going to want Iowa playing Minnesota every year still, and Wisconsin, and some mm-hmm. of those, I would think. Um, Big 12, again, I'm just gen- – in general, I th- maybe I'm going to be dead wrong here, but I do this thing for Cyclone Fanatic every week, and it's it's impossible, but I'm trying to pick every Big 12 game against the spread this year. And right now I'm 18-18 and 18 going into this week, so literally I'm flipping a coin. Mm-hmm. Um, this just feels to me, hassle like a league where don't overreact from week to week. Because I just like I, I think right now everybody's like, oh, Texas Tech is 0-2 and they're dog shit and Oklahoma State just beat Baylor and they're the best. Like I could totally see that being like a one score game. Right. I just I just think there's gonna be a lot of upsets. I still think that it's a very cannibalistic league this year. Like the Red River shootout's a great example. Like Oklahoma's giving seven. Oh well, mm-hmm. I'll probably take the points, like mm-hmm. in any of these scenarios. And, you know, you've got some teams at the top like Kansas and Kansas State that you didn't think would be there. But really, you only have one playoff contender, right? Oklahoma State? Is yeah, that it? At this point, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's nobody else who's going to have a shot. Nobody and else. We know that Kansas and TCU, they're not going undefeated. No. And... um. That Kansas TCU game is is getting all the shine this week for College Game Day. Another sellout they announced at Kansas. That was I not they, a sellout last week. Did you see? They that? claimed it was. It was they, not they a claimed. sellout. It was like two thirds full tops. Their Nebraska lying about their. <laughs> I don't know why they feel the need to do that. They should just be happy to have people in the stadium, right, and not have to let them in for free. Um. But what you have is these unbeatens like Kansas and TCU and Oklahoma State, and then but then everybody else has multiple losses already. Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas. So well, you said it going into the season. You said this is this is going to be an absolute meat grinder. Everybody's going to beat everybody up, and again, six and three might get you to the championship game. Uh, you want to do oh, real quick before we get to our top three games? Hawkeye basketball media day was yesterday. That was oh, nice. Give me a break. See a little uh, hardwood. That, 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 Talk some offense. Fram look, McCaffrey, I love college Chris basketball. Murray. College basketball is my second favorite thing behind college football. But is there anything worse than you're sitting there in October? You finally got into football season. You finally get it going, and then. Oh, here comes college bat. Oh, hey, college basketball starting. Get out of here. <laughs> college basketball shouldn't start until December. It is a long season. And these November, give me get give me a break. These these weeks that we're going to have in November where there's there's college basketball and college football. Now, maybe if the season keeps going the way it is for Iowa and Iowa State, we that's going to be it. a welcome relief. Yeah. But been there, done that a few times. Buddy. I don't. I. I. Yeah. I. 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 I hate this time of year when when college basketball 
pokes its head up. Hey, <laughs> hi, we're here. Just and then s- stay in the background. And for when a you're while. when you're in the media, the local media, which we've both done before, and then they get pissed because they don't feel like you're co- covering them enough. Oh God! Like the you got like the you and I SID pissed because you haven't asked them to come on the show, and like it's just like God, yeah. Nobody cares at this point. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I get yeah. why they do it. Check back in a couple months. I, I the early yeah, I mean, you're talking early October media days now. I think when I started it was always middle of October. Like they just keep inching it up and up every year cuz now they have those secret scrimmages. <laughs> right? And they have all this stuff that they didn't used to have. Yeah, to answer your see, question, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. Fran McCaffrey at the presser again. It's good to see. Franny Mac? How's what Iowa basketball going to be this year in 30 seconds? In 30 seconds? I don't have a clue. I mean, I didn't think they'd be any good last year, and they won the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Did what they always do in the, in the, in the tournament that counts, but I don't know. I mean, you still got one Murray. Still Don't got compare him to Keegan. We were warned about that yesterday. Why? He's his own What's... man. Oh, he said that? Yeah, well, somebody did because I was reading about it, but I don't okay. remember who. Don't compare him to the guy, yeah. the, his Don't twin compare brother? Him. No, it's not fair. Well, I mean, I guess he's right. It's not. The guy's an NBA player now. He's freaking I, good. I don't know. Man. I, I, really I don't good. expect Iowa to make the tournament, if that's what you're asking. Give me your three games to watch this weekend in for, secret scrimmages for college basketball <laughs> i'd pay to go to those though because from what i hear like that's where the great controversies between coaches and referees really start those secret scrimmages oh yeah i've heard some pretty good stuff about your coach and secret scrimmages before my who's my coach mccaffrey yeah but do that um, we have, We'll have time to do that in another show. Yeah, let's uh, enough college basketball talk right now. All right, top three games. Jeez, UTSA back again. Roadrunners. Is, is it is it every week? That's UTSA has been featured, but they're playing Western. The the totals over seventy. We could get a hundred points combined in this game. You'd These two offenses the are great. I don't. I'm not. I I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. It's going to be a fun, exciting game. And I wish, quite frankly, that I was doing that game in Conference USA. Uh, so that, that's going to be fun because it's going to be a ton of points. And two good teams. Two teams that are 9-10 wins this season, I think. UTSA's coach is an absolute badass. That guy's going to yeah, be... Yeah, he is. He just wins. He's just, yeah, he's just a he, winner. He's going to be your head coach at one of the big Texas schools at some point in his career. I hope not, but he's going to have a chance to, no question. In fact, talking with um, Middle Tennessee this week, Middle Tennessee beat Miami and then lost to UTSA. They they all said UTSA is way better than Miami. As a team. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, they're. I I think John Miller and I are going to talk about this on our show tomorrow. But like, you can't ignore. The fact that Miami and Texas A&M probably spent more money in NIL than anybody in the country and are just complete disasters this year. 
That has mm-hmm. to mean something. I hope so. It means you can't buy a title. Uh, also, Pac-12. Yes. Utah, UCLA. Are so the Bruins good. for real? They, they beat Washington last week. They looked really good. They're undefeated. You beat Utah. Utah's kind of been the standard in, in the Pac-12 the last several years. You beat Utah, and things get real. And the Pac-12, Pac-12's been uh, sneaky good so far this season. The Pac-12, for the first time in my life, Chris, I'm interested in it. Like, Is that because uh, you're looking to poach teams from it? No, uh, and I, I've thought about that, and I, I have thought about, like, is there a bias here that you're more interested in this than normal? But the I think Lincoln Riley going out there is a really big deal. Like, it just – anytime USC is good, it makes the whole yeah. league – it just rises. But I like the – it's fun watching Oregon State and Washington State be competitive against these big teams. UCLA is intriguing, Chip Kelly. I hate Utah, so, like, there's some passionate hatred there for Utah. Big BYU guy here when it comes to the Holy War. Well, so, BYU's yeah, got a fun game this week against Notre Dame. Yeah, in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Somehow BYU's an underdog. All right, and my, uh, my, my last game – Tennessee, LSU. All the Vols are riding high. They just knocked off Florida at home. And they get a bye week. And LSU, you know, we kind of we wrote them off early. They lost that opener. And they haven't lost since. They're 4-1. and one. So both these teams... And their fan bases are feeling really good. It's going to be a good atmosphere. It's an early game. It's a noon game, I think, on Saturday. Yeah, it is. Yep. But this is uh, two teams that the fan bases are really starting to get excited. So I I think that'll be a a good game and an evenly matched game as well. I'm pulling for Tennessee. I got uh, my guy, buddy of mine, Alex Golish, is on that staff. So they're kind of my adopted SEC team right now as long as he's there with with Josh Heupel. Uh, real quick, before we get to my games, shout out to our friends at Circa Sports, Circa Sports Iowa. Of course, the property there in Las Vegas, second to none. This is a great example when it comes to sports betting, why you should have multiple apps. And our friends at Circa encourage that. We had a really good uh, question from one of our listeners, Chris. It was like, hey, are you going to give any promo codes for your listeners? And Circa is all about giving really good lines. And I had this experience last night where I, I kind of usually Wednesday night is when I really start to buckle down on where my bets are going to be going for Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I've, I liked TCU over Kansas, the second Kansas beat Iowa State, because I just, which I'll get into here in a minute. And across the board, I'm at every sports book, and it's minus seven TCU, circa minus six. I got a point just like that, a very valuable point when you're talking on a touchdown. Uh, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor us here. I have used Circa Sports Iowa. It's not like the fanciest app, but I like the fact that it doesn't have all these flashing lights and stuff. It's just give me the lines. I think they're better lines for the most part, and that's just an example. I literally had last night lying in bed when I was placing some bets. So give them a shout-out. Download that Circa Sports Iowa app. Because betting experts will tell you, you're not, you're not. We don't bet teams. We bet lines. Yeah, we bet absolutely. Numbers. Take your emotions out of it. 
TCU at Kansas for me, uh, college game day going there. I just, like, I don't think Kansas is that good after watching them play what we think is, again, an Iowa State team that at this point I think we're hoping gets to six. Yeah, I think I think less of Kansas after that too. game last week than I did going into it. Absolutely. Because you think of all the mistakes Iowa State made and, and they still almost won the game. TCU is a team that I've been pretty high on. I'm on their win total over. I love Max Duggan, an Iowa kid at quarterback. I have known his dad forever. Would love I, to put him in uh, black and gold under center, although he, I'm sure he wouldn't be as good. Even like Iowa. Nebraska, you know, the kid grows up in Council Bluffs. You would think that they would have come after him hard in the offseason, but whatever. Um, TCU, I honestly think, Chris, if they win this game, you talk about playoff in the Big 12, they would be right there behind Oklahoma State, assuming they take care of business. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, they're the next best in my mind. I think TCU will win the game, but this is certainly like who do you want to do you really want to bet against Kansas at this point? Like they kind of feel like you know one of those teams where everything's kind of going their way. Just a great story though, third sellout in a row. TCU at Kansas for me. Uh, I also had Utah at UCLA just for the all the same reasons you did. I'm fascinated too by the playoff aspect for the Pac-12. Utah is seemingly out of it with that loss at Florida, but man, ever since then, they may be the best team in the Pac-12, even though they have a loss. And we'll see. This is a huge test. They go into UCLA as a slight favorite. And then I threw a Big Ten game in here for my third one. I think Purdue at Maryland's really interesting. Mm, I almost picked that one. Yeah. you Purdue comes in, into Minneapolis last week, beats Minnesota as a heavy underdog with some injuries and Maryland just keeps winning games they're they're not a sexy team but they they do keep winning games and this is a west versus east crossover road matchup where if you're Purdue man if you can get this one it's a huge step up on the competition to win that Big Ten West so that one to me is pretty intriguing to see how that one plays out yeah I in in Maryland they have one loss, and it was by seven points at Michigan. They just beat Michigan State. They've beaten SMU. This is the best team Mike, Mike Loxley's had there, the best Maryland team since the Ralph Friedgen era, I think. You get this game, and then they've got Indiana, Northwestern, Wisconsin before they have to you know, go back and dive into the meat of that division with Penn State and Ohio State. So... If Maryland wins this, they could they, they they should reel off a few wins in a row and you know get in the top twenty. Yeah, and which it's just I like the crossover games too. It's always interesting to see mm-hmm. where these teams stack up with one another. All right, there's my top three. Uh, we're you know the as far as a pick goes, like I don't even like giving out picks on night on weeks like this because I don't know. Like I'm not. I know we have a show, but neither one of us think we're smarter than our uh, – like, I don't know if Iowa or Iowa State are going to win. I think I would probably lean, again, a very slight Iowa State edge being at home. They haven't lost a night game since – a Big 12 night game since 2017, I think. But they've been shattering streaks here for a couple of weeks now. So You, that you know really what I think they need? What do they need? 
Where are the black uniforms? Maybe they're coming out. Where the hell are they? They haven't worn them all year. They they got it. They got to wear them this week. This they is wore it. them a lot last year, and I think that they kind of got a little fatigued. But I, yeah, you bring them out in special occasions. You got to get it this week. Have to. Have to. It's a night. Ga- they usually wear them in night games, don't they? Yeah. It seems like night games. I think they are wearing them. I think they, they are. Have, they put it on Twitter. Yeah, lay it X in a They're, black uniform to promote whoa. the game. So this might, I would assume this might change things. And I, I will inside information. I work at the Alumni Center, which is right across from Jack Trice. They have the black like logos going across the board. So I think I think the writing's on the wall. It's going to be black. All right, so hmm. we're picking Iowa State then. Yeah, I, I might change my pick because this is what I've been waiting for. Get, roll those black unis out. This they should is run out to ACDC's back in black. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't oh that be God. something? It would be, Twitter would be so great. Um, I'm picking Iowa State. I that, that That's enough for me. A two-point spread. Yeah, it's a coin toss game. Black uniforms. Take the, take the good guys. All right, Iowa State. Here we go. We st- still have a chance here to, to get yeah, to the, 10 wins. There Just you go. The Van table. Winkle pulled it up. Yeah, that's from Cyclone Football. It's time to go under the lights at the Jack, and it's got X in a uh, all blacks. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm in. The Iowa game, I would definitely play the hook and take the points. Yes. If, if Give I me the to. points in the Iowa game. Give me the three and a half points. I, but I, I just don't know if I see Iowa. Because if they lose this game, things are going to get pretty loud among the fan base. They're going to get real restless. If they lose this game, because you're losing your the, the one thing I always had these last you know five years, even though they haven't won a Big Ten championship, even though some years have been a little lean, last year was disappointing at the end. You still had your winning streaks against some rivals. You still had the Iowa State winning streak. Yeah. That's gone. Your trophy is gone. You still had the Illinois winning streak. What did they want? Eight straight. It, they 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 lose that, and the Iowa State it's. It's going to get loud, but I, I, you know what? I'm taking Iowa. I've been right on Iowa this season so far. I'm taking Iowa. I think Iowa will win the game. Give me those three and a half points. Give me the money line. I'll go Illinois six to three. (laughs) So the under. (laughs) Under I already bet the under. That's that a preview to my locks of the week. I'm all over the under in this game, but yeah, I would take Iowa in any of these games, hassle where you're talking the numbers are, 36 and below, I always will take the points. Like, I just blindly will do it. I don't th- I think Iowa has a shot because I don't think Illinois will out talent them anywhere other than quarterback, probably. But I just, I think I'm, I'm just a believer in Illinois more so than anything. And I have been since August. So I'll stick with it and I'll take the Illini by three. We'll see. All right. I hope they both win because these games, these shows are a lot more fun. I think the the viewers no enjoy kidding. it more uh, and all that. And stuff. I sense, at least from an Iowa side, a little bit of apathy coming in because there's just no hope anymore that things will change offensively. There's no hope that there will be a change made at quarterback. There's no hope that change will be made in philosophy or play calling. You guys, in a weird way, are teetering where. LS or not LSU TCU was with Gary Patterson. I think this is just from an outsider standpoint, like you won 10 games last year and everybody was pissed. Mm-hmm. Everybody was pissed. I, the, 
this is my experience doing talk radio in Des Moines. Phones are blowing up. People are pissed at 10 wins. And it's got to be frustrating for Ferentz because he's got to be like, God, I took this over. They were winning one game. You know, now we're winning 10 games when people are mad. But I, I also, when we say 10 wins, it's so much different. 10 wins now is so no, much I different know. than like a Hayden Fry 10 win team. But do you see back what then I'm... they're only playing 11 games a year. They've played a championship. They were 10 and four. They lost four games. Just if you lost like... four games in 1990, you're, you're six and four. You're seven and four. Feels like at the end, and Patterson was losing though, so that's the difference. Iowa's still winning, but it just, I don't know. Like it, it just feels like a fresh start is they're not going to fire him. I'm not, I'm not even saying that they will, or I'm not leading, but it just, the angst with the fan base just feels off. But that's, and that's why I, the apathy word is, yeah. is, is bubbling up a little bit because See, we don't have, we that. know no change is going to be made. Yeah. No change is going to be made. And Ferentz doesn't want to step away. And Ferentz isn't going to fire his own son. So what's going to change? feel like that's a good place to end it. Mm. Get over to Birmingham, my friend. I will, um, right. I'm going to be camping up in Ames all weekend. I'll send you some pictures of my fairway meat just on the grill, just slathered in sauce. Mm. Now, people were pissed at Bloom last night because there was too much uh, meat juice on the plate. Oh. Did really? you see I that? Didn't, I didn't see that part. But again, like I just because he manhandled that piece of meat. I'm guessing he sliced that, that thing up. I'm guessing blood all over the place. That it was Bloom's wife who manhandled the meat. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Like I knowing the couple the way that I do. There it is. The, see that? That meat. See, yeah, look at that. Look at the of, plate. Man, that's good. I would just slurp up that blood. Just slurp it up. Get a straw. Oh. Have you been watching the, the, the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary on Netflix? Because <laughs> he does that too. With human blood. <laughs> I'm not. I was told. Uh, in fact, it was last time I was camping at, at Jack Trice. A buddy of mine was telling me about it. And they. I was told if you have a weak stomach to not watch it. And I did not have a strong stomach. Mine, what? mine sucks. I mean, I he's 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 bite. He's like eating human hearts. And, and you're watching gonna, it, like you yeah. watch him eat a human heart. It's a show. It's not like actual footage of him doing it in real life. I don't want to see a fake human heart be eaten by a man. It's probably just a piece of fairway meat. Now that sounds more like um, <laughs> softcore. You know, uh, okay, never mind. We just need to end the show. Oh. Thanks to Fairway for their sponsorship of two guys named Chris. Thanks to all of you for watching, listening, however you consume the product. We appreciate it more than you know. We're over a month into this thing, and we continue to grow. Tell your friends, and uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Matt Van Winkle kills it on the production, adds a lot to the program. You the man, Matty. For Chris Hassel, I'm Chris Williams signing off here on Two Guys Named Chris. Iowa Everywhere.